Welcome to Become She, where we are guaranteed to piss you off with yourself, make you think, and help you grow to that tall beanstalk that reach all the way to the sky. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Become She Nation. Let's remember that Become She is a movement capturing the transcendental journey of the strong woman to the free woman, granting herself permission to actualize her highest self. So there we have it. That's just so dope. That's that wine. We always drinking. Damn. Season four. <laughs> Sip it up. Hold up, hold up. Let's me ball out. <laughs> Strip clubs and dollar bills. Ain't got no money. I ain't got no money. So what are we talking about today? The hell? We are talking about She Saves No One. That is the, the title of today's episode, but we, we, we got to... Yeah, we gotta talk about something. Like, did wasn't that just ninety nine? Let's back it up, y'all. Y'all have been putting become she on the map. We're looking at past episodes. She knows her partner has. Y'all, y'all got us at one oh one. Wait a minute, I, we checked it Listen, two minutes ago. It was, yeah, and it was like ninety nine. Did we have two people just listen? <laughs> <laughs> Dipped on off and press. Thank you so much for your support. Like, we have to, like, thank stop you. the process before we even get into our yeah, episode for today. And just tell you thank you and how grateful and humble we are to, like, mm. have your ear. That We don't take that for granted. Like, Seriously. there's so much that you can be tuned into and tapped into, you know, yep. 45 clowning, whatever. But you decided, <laughs> you decided to tune in. And just listen. And listen to and us. And you actually give a fuck about what we have to say. Yeah, and like, you leave comments guys. and emojis on our Instagram. The heart emojis. We see y'all. Yes. Yeah, thank so you. So we just wanted to say thank you. Man, I would... All about listen, I was... Both male and female. On okay? my way... <laughs> On my way over to recording today, I was telling you I had a tragic mm-hmm. Uber mm-hmm. experience and I almost mm-hmm. died and didn't make it. She attends the funeral type situation. No. I didn't know what was happening. No, no, anyway, no. but I was thinking, um, I don't know if I was just being nostalgic because I saw death near with this crazy Uber driver, that I would have never, ever, ever thought that when we met, like we'd be doing this. Not and at all. Like, and I remember it just as vivid as if we were in training. Yes. Like yesterday, you were all the way at the end of the table. I had my teeny weeny twist. Yes, you did. And you were just so, you were just so thoughtful. And I'm like, this girl really <sighs> takes things seriously, but not in a, not in a bad way. Like you really pondered on things. And I'm just like, how thoughtful is she? Oh and then God. you just had these bomb shoes. You all know the story. You read the website. Like, she had these bomb-ass, pointy-toe shoes. I did. I and, um, shoes. I'm scared to wear them now because they're Ivanka Trumps. And I just oh. feel like, yeah, like... No, you can still be great. And Ivanka, you can help me be great. That's true. I did stop purchasing her shoes. Yeah. Yeah, after the election. But still wear what you have. No. Oh, oh, she always will. Because those are on sale, honey. I love those shoes. Um, my, you know, patent leather. Uh, Come on. Flats. Come on, pants. <laughs> but this is dope well like we were sitting in the cube and i just i don't know i just sometimes god does things that you just you know you just gotta gotta go with the flow with and that's i think that's dope anywho mm. enough of the nostalgia mm. and let's get get on to it 
So I did a little homework this weekend. Come on. You know, over the weekend or whatever. What did you discover in your homework time? <laughs> I just I just Googled um the Savior Complex, not knowing come what on. would come up. And mm. something came up that I thought was like interesting. So I have to share it. Please. So I Googled the Savior Complex. However, the first thing that popped up was called the Messiah Complex. And I was mm-hmm. like, have you heard of that? No. I'm about to read it to you. Please. I'm about to blow your whole mind. Are you ready? I'm listening with my eyes closed. Okay. So it says, a Messiah Complex, also known as the Christ Complex or Savior Complex, is a state of mind in which an individual holds a belief that they are destined to become a savior. The term can also refer to a state of mind in which an individual believes he or she is responsible for saving or assisting others. The term Messiah complex is not addressed in the DSM and that's like for like mental health. Yeah, psychology. Yeah. Yeah. Um, As it is not a clinical term nor a diagnosable disorder. However, the symptoms of the disorder closely resembles those found in individuals suffering from delusions. Mm, interesting right so i thought i was gonna pull up like a whole bunch of you can't save a hoe can't turn a hoe she don't want to be safe don't save her (laughs) she don't i want to be safe i cannot but this takes like a clinical approach to it yeah that's a very clinical like it's a disorder and I was thinking, like, Christ-like. Mm. Like, you're trying to be Jesus Christ as he saved us all. Like, is that what Messiah right. Complex means? So, like, I, I pulled up something else because I thought this was okay. a, little, a little deep. For contrasting, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, hold on. I have to pull it up because I did No worries. Wrong. We're going to wait. Thanks she shall wait. Do, 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 do. Look at the little little picture on it. It's literally like a, <laughs> a grandpa Superman. with wow. a, a cape and yeah, like some real mm. Captain Save a Ho shit. So it's an article. Um, I'm not gonna read all of it, but it's on Psychology Today, and okay. it, it was posted February 6th of last year. So fairly, yeah, fairly recent. Um, at first, the term savior complex may have a positive connotation. However, when you learn more about it and the underlying motivations and impact on others, it is clear that this behavior pattern can be problematic. The savior complex can be best defined as a psychological construct, which makes a person feel like feel the the need to save other people. This person has a strong tendency to seek people who desperately need help and to assist them, often sacrificing their own needs for these people. Many individuals in who enter into caring professions such as mental health care, health care, and even those who have loved ones with addictions may have some of these personality characteristics. They are drawn to those who need saving for a variety of reasons. However, their efforts to help others may be of an extreme nature that both deplete them and overfunction the possibility and possibly enabling um, the other individual. Yikes. Yikes. That's yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. Yeah. So it starts off as a good intention, but it unravels to something that is to your detriment? Yeah. That or is, even to the person's detriment? Yeah, because enabling never turns out well. Never. Ooh. I think about what movie is that? I think about Jungle Fever. Remember the brother that was on drugs and the mother that yeah. was like yeah, yeah, yeah. caping for his like 
you know, addiction. I don't know why this makes me think of parenthood today. Mm. Like coddling your children, like over. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like I. I'm not a parent, so I don't. I don't know for sure yet. But I. I think there's a difference between over spoiling and parenting. Yeah. And, and coddling, and I, I'm thinking specifically about mothers and sons. Like mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. why I'm drawn to that. Oh no, it's right the now. emotional dependence. I talk about emotional boyfriends all the time. Where mothers who don't have yeah. equal partners and they have yes. male children. And so they, they become that them. proxy for them. So when they their boys turn to men or are trying to turn to men, mm-hmm. they struggle mm-hmm. because the they, they're waiting for their mother to save them mm-hmm. type shit. Yeah. I just had a breakthrough. It could go Damn. so many different ways with she saves no one. But mm-hmm. I think like even borrowing from a past episode, um, she knows her foundation When you're doing things for people, you have to always check your motives, right? Mm. And sometimes your motives are not always as apparent to you as you would think they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why living in intentionality is so important. Like, especially when you're out here helping to elevate the culture or elevate society um, or even live your life. Because you are your first healer. You are your first, um, you know, society You know, for lack of a better word. So Mm -hmm. if you're trying to, you know, quote unquote, save others or you have a ministry, so to speak, let's let's forget about saving others. But anytime you have a ministry of any sort, our ministry happens to be this podcast, right? We're giving something We're we're providing a service of some sort. You have to be sure that your motives are helping you, that your motives don't, you know, come back to harm you or is not of detriment to you because when you open yourself to help someone or you provide something mm-hmm. it, you open yourself unknowingly to a lot so if you're not quite yeah. sure about your yeah. foundation she knows her foundation it goes back to knowing mm-hmm. the why for the what like knowing the why for the what is imperative because you will find yourself enabling under the service act and it's like no this is not serving my highest good to do this for you or to not hold you accountable or to not help you ask the questions that you need to answer that I can't answer for you you said to me once you you have this associate who um I think you started to do business with but I'm not I think you did um but it started off in like a friendship kind of context Mm -hmm. um but then you said to me once like not that I can't save her, but like you wanted to end the relationship because it became like on her end a little too dependent, I think. And I remember I asked you, because mm-hmm. you know I like to play devil's advocate. No, you you have a, a very balanced approach to things. <laughs> and I was like, well, does that mean you're you're leaving your friend? Like, mm-hmm. are, are you... Abandoning her. Yeah. yeah. And, and you had said, well, I'm not a, like a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. Uh, so I, I'm saying that to say, I think when it comes to being a friend or being a listening ear or whatever, I think there needs to be a balance to when you know, it's like when you're at the bar and you on your second drink mm-hmm, and you know, mm-hmm. if you do that third drink, like you it's gonna done. get fucked up, it's done. There has to be a cutoff point. Yeah. To where between friendship and like making it become a little bit more than that. Yeah. She knows her boundaries. She knows her foundation. Go check out those episodes, people. But yeah, because (laughs) people will, 
If you don't know the why for your what, people will guilt trip you mm-hmm. using your good intentions. Yes. And I you thought will you be, were my friend. That's what I'm saying. And you yep. will be in some kind of bondage, like a yeah. special kind of psychological bondage, trying to live up to your intentions, but you have no foundation. You don't even know what happened. Like, what happened? I don't even know why I'm doing this. Like... It could go, you know, off kilter fast and it just unravels. It's like a fuse that strikes all that. these fires that you didn't even realize you had triggers for. I struggle that w- w- with that when it comes to friends. Mm-hmm. Um, cl- close friends, like, I don't want to coddle them in a yeah. sense. But I also don't want to abandon my friends when they, when they, I think they need me most. But maybe my problem is that they don't even need me at all and they actually need professional motherfucking help but i feel like a lot of my friends my circle Mm -hmm. friends and family i feel like a lot of people come to me and oftentimes i find myself on the phone for hours and hours and hours being that listening ear and Mm -hmm. and offering Mm -hmm. advice well maybe i don't know if that's always the best approach but isn't that what friends are for i don't know i'm torn no that's what friends are for but then going back to a podcast i just recently listened to by kels the yogi confessions of a trap yogi shout out she talked oh, she's about, dope. I oh my God, she is. And um, the name of the episode was called Trigger Happy Bish. <laughs> and she talked about, she talked about how um, people are unknowingly being triggered and overreacting in ways that are not appropriate to mm. the type of trigger that has been present. So this is the thing. So a friend or a friend that knows how their love affects you will not come to you um, pulling on you in a way in which you are not b- able to be there in the capacity you need to be there for yourself. For example, like if someone is dumping on you all the time or bringing you like negative negative energy by by telling you know stories of what they're doing, but yet they're not holding themselves accountable for the ways in which right. they engage. Right, right, right. But they're okay with picking up the phone. And, you know, coming to you to dump so that they can go back out and do more dysfunctional, you know, shit. I don't think that is what a friend is for. I don't think that someone who really loves you, you know, or even loves themselves would use or leverage the friendship in that way. Right. I feel like they would. I mean, and a lot of times. And a lot of times people don't really know know what they're doing. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, so I don't think it's like a malicious kind of thing, but you know what? When you're depleted, you don't register if the person was malicious or not. You're depleted. Like, you've taken all of my life energy by listening to these stories time and time and time and time again. So I think what's important too, when you think about the savior complex or the messiah complex, is, Isn't that crazy that it's equivalent to the Messiah Christ-like complex? Well, first of all, I it is it is ironic, but you if you understand like the story of Christ and the ministry of Christ, right? Like he didn't like God, Christ didn't go up healing people if they were not ready for that type of healing, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. he healed the man that was like you know not walking. He held them accountable. Like, you have to take up your bed and walk. Like, you're healed. Like, you can't keep pit-patting around in the same familiar way. Right. Like, it was was always some some accountability. Or or even there was another instance where... um, Some people don't want to walk. Some people don't want... This conversation just got deeper. To put their feet on the floor... (laughs) 
and walk. Because it's familiar for me to be saved. Do you understand the victimhood complex that you also feed into mm. when you take on a Messiah complex? I don't want to be nobody's I can't God. Help you if you don't I don't want to be yourself. nobody's God. And I tell my husband all the time, don't put me on a damn pedestal. I don't want to be nobody's God. I don't want to be the person that you come to all the time for something because I don't want God angry at me. No, you need to go to the source and seek clarity and seek discernment. A person cannot give you that. A person yeah. cannot save you. And a lot of the Period. time when people think they need saving or this whole victim victim thing that they, they, they put out to the world, it's a lot of times they're stuck in their own mind. Yeah. You know, like yeah. nothing's fucking happening to them. <laughs> But they're Can't. stuck in their mind. No, no, real I, talk. I get it. Like, ain't nobody, ain't nobody like coming for you every day. But in your mind, you yeah. feel as though like, woe is me. So why do people ain't nobody can help that though, bro? Like, I can't open up your mind. <laughs> And clean the shit out. Nah, I can't do that. But I guess my question is, and this is for the listening audience too, to comment on and become She Nation on our Instagram. Why do people pick up this mantle of needing to save in the first place? Like, why do you Yikes. need she to takes be, off her earrings to on that be one. a messiah for anyone? <laughs> like who? And I think that's the question that we posed even with the episode today. Who really needs saving? Is it you? And you're vicariously doing it through the person of another. Is it you needing to be saved? And so you do it for someone else as kind of like this transmutation kind of thing. But like, why do you even need to save? That, that reeks of low self-esteem to me. Like, okay, you going out here looking for battles, wait, looking wait, wait, for like pause, 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 people pause, to pause, save? Pause, pause. Because we're talking about this. I and need I think wine tomorrow. <laughs> you okay? I, I'm sitting here listening to us talk about this, and I don't know what the term save means. I feel like that's a heavy-ass word. It's a loaded word. It's a subjective word. So we're saying you don't need to save. You don't need to save. What is saving? I it's don't even know. Saving. I could just give you scenarios. So you feel guilty about maybe the way someone's life has turned out, and so you purposely implant yourself in their life to be a friend or be a lover. Said. See what you just said. You feel guilty about the way someone else's mm-hmm. life turned out. Mm-hmm. How is it that one can feel guilty about the way someone else's life turned out? Unless they did something to alter their life, you just, you just, there's just this weight on you that. I gotta no, fix it's, it's needing to prove. It's needing to prove there something. Go. There we go. It's needing so to maybe prove saving is not about the other person. And it's about you. No, it is. Okay. It, it totally is. And mm. um, mm. like you can, you. I mean, I've been there. Like I've become free of that burden. Thank the Lord. But hallelujah. Um, hallelujah. But <laughs> in reality, like. People, people see people and they just want to give or they're over nurturing. Have you ever met an over nurturer or an over giving person or like, like it's over the top and it's like, okay, there's no limits or boundaries. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is not about the person you're helping. And you around get used and abused. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. People, people, people will harp on weakness. That's what I'm saying. And you'll be like, T'Challa on the ground getting beat up by his homeboys. Catch that message. Go see Black Panther. (laughs) Anyway, because when you're over giving, 
you enable people. You yeah. set up a spirit of entitlement. And when I tell you that monster is ugly, an ugly one where people are surrounded by you, they're little monsters who feel entitled to be saved by you in the way that they've become familiar in being saved by you, whether it's giving them money, sitting on the phone with them to the wee hours of the morning, um, Girl. paying their way, Girl. Uh, giving them connects to your job. Every job you got, they following you. Like you open it, you keep the door open for the stragglers to come through all of this Ooh. is a messiah complex so it's like Ooh. what are you proving Ooh. how why do you feel bad for being successful for being for like what? i read this article what it was I'm kind confused. of funny and it, it was called um the 17 kind of aunties in black Dang. families <laughs> and one of the aunties was the i got my shit together auntie and everybody always comes to her for money. She don't want to give it, but she give it or whatever. Mm. She lives in the suburbs with her perfect family and perfect kids. And everybody, you know, she puts her nose up. They think they think she's putting her nose up, but she's not. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this, this kind of auntie feels like, you know, she owes something to the family. Yeah. And I low-key feel like for my particular circle that I am that auntie figure. There's people that come to me all the time. You do give good advice though. It's not just, sometimes it goes beyond advice. Like (laughs) advice, like you were saying, money, like jobs. Mm -hmm. Like people come to me all the time. Real benefits, social accolades, social benefits, social And I'm like, am I that that auntie? Like, (laughs) do you want to be? No. Redefine that shit. Stop calling me. Thank you. (laughs) Do not disturb. It could be as simple as a do not disturb button. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm with my fiance. I mean, like, if you feel like you're saving someone and you don't actually want to save them, you know what I mean? I feel like... Mm. I feel like your need to save someone stems directly from a rejection root. And until you address and confront whatever that rejection root looks like for you, is experienced by you, you're going to keep attracting stray energy to save. You're going to be constantly giving of your life force energy to try to save people because really you're being distracted from confronting your own rejection route. Like that's just my personal opinion. I would love to hear anybody who wants to weigh in on why someone looks for like, you know, cases and people to save. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, I just, I just feel like it's a rejection when I speak from experience when it comes to that. Like when you start saving yourself, you have little time to really look for other people to save. Like, cause you have more and more layers to address. You have more and more elements to bring into alignment within yourself. You don't have time to be taking on people as projects. And there are people who really believe they are doing God's work. And oh, in yeah. some ways, oh my in, gosh, in some yeah. ways you are doing God's work when you take people on because it's been assigned to you to do so. But you better be clear about your why because you will get sucked dry. You will get sucked dry if you're not clear about and your boundaries. you may end up resenting. Yes, you will. You, you know, may. Who, yeah, you will end you up will. resenting whoever it is. Whoever it is that you think you're saving. Or maybe even yourself. It's going to be a boomerang. It's going to be a slap in the face when you realize that. I feel like everybody should go to counseling. I know that's random. <laughs> We've always said that. <laughs> like, 
for real. Like, you no, have a gynecologist, no. ladies. You need to have a therapist. Right. Someone, if you got a dentist yeah. to fix your mm-hmm. tooth and your cavity, mm-hmm. and you got the gyno to fix mm-hmm. your, your STD up pussy and shit, all <laughs> type of dumb you. shit, you go to the doctor and you have a broken bone. You go to the emergency yeah. room and something is wrong. Why not get your mental together? Your emotional see world. A fucking therapist. Your emotional world. Why are people so resistant to therapy? I don't get it. Because we because we are invested in being the strong woman. That's why the whole tagline, oh a transcendental, you know, it's a transcendental yeah. journey from yeah. the strong yeah. woman to the Here free woman. I am woman. my own mission statement. No, no. It's, <laughs> it goes deep with us as, as brown women. We need to look good. Fuck all the rest. Shit, I could be falling apart. But if I look amazing, nobody don't really know that I'm struggling with all these demonic entities assaulting my life oh my gosh girl so yeah so i on my instagram my personal instagram i had mentioned something about a rejection rule like i was going on a roll talking about Uh this rejection so i'm just gonna read it because i really believe that people Mm. looking for people to say like is rooted in a strong rejection narrative and roots i'm just gonna read um it what i said at first i said you can be called gifted and talented and still operate in rejection get all the way free you weaponize your gifts talents and calling when you fail to address the rejection route. So I want to make it clear that just because you take on people or you put people under your wing to save them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you fail to, you know, address whatever rejection route that this is stemming from, you fail to set boundaries with them. You fail to set healthy boundaries for yourself you by what? which you interact you know with other people. Here's your homework, folks. Because oh. it's homework time. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> as spring is 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 trying to sneak Ooh, up upon us. I think everybody should do a spring clean of their rejections. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Address that's your deep. rejections. And I feel like addressing your rejections will also point light to who it is, who it is you're saving, if any, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. you're ignoring. Oh, that's a good if one. If any, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know what that looks like yet. Actually spring cleaning rejections. Yeah. Oh, that was Deep. Yeah, I surprised my damn <laughs> self. <laughs> no, but real shit. I need to do it too. What am we what? Mm, what am I rejecting, or what have I been? Re- what have I been rejected of, or for? Yeah, or why and by who, and how is that showing up? What's your yeah. rejection narratives? Just yeah. What have been some of those rejection narratives? Oh, alrighty. Yeah. On that note, I think we need to. Uh, segue into our dear she joint (laughs) yes and we will and just in case you haven't had the opportunity um to take you know some time to learn about what um our newest collaboration has been with um i am going to um introduce a dr east formally to you all um our dear she segment um, it is headed um, or collaborated with by um, Dr. Carlia East, which is also known as the Sapphire Woman. Um, she has experience that spans over 17 years. She is um, an author, psychotherapist, psychology professor, and empowerment speaker. Um, she is also, like I said, she's our newest professional contributor to our Become She, our Dear Become She segment. So and she's actually on the phone. Welcome. Dr. Hi, Dr. East. <laughs> Can you hear hey, us? ladies. How are you? We are great. We how are, are you? We are good. Enjoying this wine, honey. I am doing wonderful. 
we speak, but I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much always, for joining always. us. So we want to get into the Dear She. So uh, go ahead and okay. let us know the question. And we can all talk okay, about so it. so one of the questions. I'm sorry? I was just saying, go ahead with the question and then we could get on into it. Okay. So the question that I received this week was from a young lady. And she is actually from Michigan. And mm. her question was, Dear Become She... I have been separated, um, divorced, and moving on with my life, and she was recently in a relationship, and in that relationship, she has been away from that person for over a year. Mm-hmm. Well, she thought she was doing fine, and she so happened to run into this person, and she said her whole life fell apart at that moment. Why is that? So in a nutshell, why is it that when we are, or when we think we are done with someone and moved on, it could be a year, sometimes five years later, we'll run into that person and it's like everything hits us all over again. Why does that happen? Yeah. I'll tell you why it happens. Okay. Please, go, go, go on, girl, because I have my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so from my perspective, the reason why that happens is because Women, we learn to compartmentalize, right? So we learn because we juggle so many things on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. um, that we learn how to put things in certain pockets in our brains so that we don't have to deal with them right now. And Mm -hmm. so what happens is we go through those breakups, we do this kind of out of sight, out of mind, slash compartmentalization with our mindset. So we don't want to see him, we get or her. We get rid of all their pictures, um, <laughs> any little novelties that they left us. Burn the letters. Burn the letters. Burn the money. Like, we go all the way live with getting everything that ever existed about that person completely out of our system. We don't even go to the same restaurant. We don't mm. do the same music. So we kind of switch up our game a little bit. Mm. And in our minds, how we rationalize that is that we're purging and we're cleansing and, you know, this is a new us. Right. Well, wow. with all that purging and cleansing, all you did is do a cover-up. Because what you covered yes. up was the fact that you were hurting. Wow. And that you were mourning the loss of a person. And you were putting yourself in almost a state of grief because now you're not going to the places you normally go to. So that's called avoidance. Okay, mm-hmm. now you're not listening to the types of music you like to because now they're triggered. These mm-hmm. are all telltale signs that you're not over a person. Okay, and so oftentimes as women, that's what we do. We avoid, we put the memory of them deep, dark in our minds, and because we never see them, we can walk around happy all day long, yeah. but we haven't started dealing with our feelings of being hurt wow. and our feelings of loss. Wow. So therefore, when we do see them again, it's like a big old 3D picture right in our face and say, mm-hmm. hello, um, you still feel some type of way, and I feel great, of, you know, and I'm fine, and that's how you see me. And so that's difficult for us as women um, to ultimately deal with. And that's my opinion on why it happens, and I also have some tips on how to get over that. I was going to say, how do, we, how do we help this person move past you know, feeling this way that everything just falls to shit. Can I I even falls apart? Take it a step further. How do you even prevent that from happening from jump? Like Mm. when it first happens, like 
what do you do to avoid this feeling years, five years later? You know what I mean? Okay. So, you know, to use a, to use a word that was just quoted, you got to deal with your shit. I mm. mean, bottom line, is what you got to do. And so mm. if you want to even avoid it happening, when you know, we know that when we break up with someone, there's a loss. Yeah. Because we miss that person. We front like we don't. Right. But when we're home by ourselves mm-hmm. with our ice cream and our Netflix, <laughs> we miss that person. Okay? And our wine. So, first of all, <laughs> the first right. step to overcoming a problem is to admit you have one, right? Right. Admit that, admit that you're missing him or her. You know, and just say it to yourself. And also, find you, uh, you know, a friend or a best friend or someone that you know you can confide in who will get it. And let them know you're missing that person. That way you have support. You know, that way you're not just bottled up with yourself. Or a therapist. what I often tell. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Or a therapist. Right, or a therapist. And then the next step, and I was just going to go there, like what I tell my clients is, first of all, I want you to go to those restaurants that you guys used to go to. Mm. I want you to go grocery shopping at that mm. same place you would shop at. Damn. First of all, when you allow yourself to avoid your life, because that's wow. your life, when you allow yourself to avoid your life or, thrive, or, or drive 30 minutes outside of your life, just because you're trying to avoid a person, you're still giving that person power over your life. <sighs> you know, and meanwhile, they're moving forward. They, they right at the same Starbucks booth. <laughs> <laughs> Not even in their feelings. Got they combo frap. your way just to get a cappuccino. No, ma'am. <laughs> that you don't even like. That you don't even like. Well, and the muffin. No, ma'am. So, right. And what you do is you end, what you do is you go to those places and you create new memories. So when I went through a breakup, um, and again, I don't preach or teach anything that I haven't gone through. So let me be clear about that. Right. I had a very hard time getting over um, a boyfriend of mine, and I mean a very difficult time. So what I started doing was going to those places that I knew I was avoiding, because I knew therapeutically what I what I should have been doing. Mm-hmm. And I created new memories. So I took my girlfriends, or my mom, or a cousin, or wow. just a, you know a, a friend guy, or whomever with me, and we would just like ham it up. So now, in retrospect, when I reflect back to that place, it's no longer a memory of my ex. Gotcha. The newest memory is what I recall. Right. And that's the memory of me and my mom or my homegirl or my homeboy kicking it. And so, again, you're, you still put yourself in those places, but it's okay for you to feel that little bit of um, you know, discomfort. Yeah. But then you're surrounding yourself with someone that you can create a new memory with. And now that place or mm-hmm. that song mm-hmm. that is being so traumatic for you. Right. That's dope. That, that sounds like a new emotional muscle that you're exercising. It does feel uncomfortable going to the gym if you haven't been mm-hmm. in <laughs> listen we were just talking about right, but, it, but, but growth is uncomfortable it is. yeah anytime any strides that we've ever made in our lives have, have been incom- uncomfortable yeah from you know just just looking at the stages of development and growth yeah that along mental you know stability and strength like we go through challenges and we overcome them and we realize how strong we really are. Dr. East, we were just talking about spring cleaning rejections, meaning like recognizing what your rejections are, who rejected you and or what. Yeah, and what your narratives. Right. And I think you saying going to certain places that you've experienced with, you know, memories or loss mm-hmm. or whatever, that's a part of right. cleaning that up mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Wow. Uh, absolutely, absolutely ties into that because, I mean, everything ties and is connected when you think about it. The way that we think, the choices that we make, or the choices that we make affect the way that we think. So it's a constant, you know, cycle. And so yeah. what you got to try to do is recognize that in order for you to go, to get through your feelings, you have to be in them. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> yeah, you just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, tell the listening audience like where they can read or find more about you because I feel like this is coming straight from the pages of your book. So we want to get our listening audience like these books. Thank you. Okay, so um, you can find me, Dr. Carlia East, aka the Sapphire Woman. Um, my Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram handles are at the Sapphire Diva. My website is thesapphirewoman.com, or you can email me, info at thesapphirewoman.com. You can contact me, any of those, or even make it more simpler, just Google me, honey. (laughs) 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 I know that's right. And you'll find my book, The Hangover, Overcoming Emotional Addiction, 12 Steps. Uh, to emotional sobriety and literally I pulled that out of the book because as women we have a hard time getting past relationships and predominantly those are the questions that we often have you know how to proceed either in one and make it healthy or how to get past it and so my book thing over uh, located on my website the sapphirewoman.com is there for you ladies so you got to go grab it Yes, yes ma'am. thank you so much, Dr. Thank Eve. you so much for this. We are, I'm so excited. This is exciting. <laughs> thank you, ladies. This was a blast. I cannot wait to the next million. Many more to come. For the audience. Yes. <laughs> all right, so we'll text you a little later. Um, we're going to wrap up the episode, and we'll talk to you soon, all right? Be safe. Talk to you later. Bye. How dope was that? It was very dope. Oh my God. I ordered my book, so I'm about to be reading like quick. So by the next episode, I'll be like, yes. And you said on page 32 <laughs> that. Quoting Dr. East. I'm ready with my highlights. Do y'all, not, do y'all realize how dope this is? Like we have a professional yeah. voice on the show now. So you need to definitely start like getting your issues. If you had an issue from third grade that you were like, I don't know what that really happened. That rejection bit from that little boyfriend you had in third grade and how that's showing up now. Whatever, Girl, it's real. A lot of our rejection narratives start in in our childhood. So seriously, if you want to pen a letter anonymously, like we never share your email, uh, um, Addy or email address. We just want to know what your issue is so we can channel it up to Dr. East who has clinical experience and can provide you some sound advice from her own testimony like she was she married the same man twice she talked about that um and who, who she, is this dr east I mean, she said she married the same man twice wow. um yeah definitely Didn't emotional addiction mm-hmm. so i can't wait for my book to arrive because i will definitely be ordering mine today <laughs> definitely be reading but she's speaking from a level of experience yeah um, transparency and vulnerability so and always know that you can submit a dear she to become she podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. um and if that's too much you could just go to become she.com we have a dear she uh page where you could literally put in your dear she letter type right it in and send it on For to sure. us and dr east will be uh it may air on the next episode <laughs> who knows <laughs> how fast you can type it in no you know what's funny like as i was thinking about the person that at, um from michigan that emailed her um i think i've definitely been there and i've always been 
Yeah. I've always thought to myself, how am I able to get over somebody so quick? Yeah. Like, fuck that nigga, new me, new money, <laughs> on to the next. But I wasn't really over this dude, like, yeah. at all. Like, that shit's real. Go to the same places. I would have never thought to do that. Right. And the fact that she says, you're driving 30 minutes outside of your life. Like, you're doing <laughs> yes. extra shit to accommodate the avoidance. Wow. Like, yeah. Yo, like I'm ready to see anybody in the grocery aisle at Mariano's. <laughs> hey, you are the greatest gift. You cracked me open so hard I had to really deal with my shit. Thank but you. But actually, I think exes are gems. Like, I, there's not one relationship that I've had, bad or good, that I didn't learn yeah. something. Whether it was about me or how I, what I like in men, what I don't fucking yeah, like. Yeah. I take all that <laughs> shit. Bitch, you winning. You winning, bitch. <laughs> Bish. Is that a is that the new That's thing? The I S H. Yes, it is. I'm so you're old. winning. I, I can't keep up with all this shit. So yeah. So I mean, definitely sitting here. Do she like next episode? Let's go to the the next episode. She walks hard. What? Okay. She walks hard. We're gonna talk about yeah, being an unapologetic force to be reckoned with. And become she become free. Hashtag airing March 14th. Yep. She walks hard. And um, we had posted something, um, I think it was a couple weeks back. If you guys have any suggestions on things that you guys want us to talk about, any yeah, episode ideas, to we're going to start gearing up for season five, too. And we have all the ideas in the world, honey. But if you have this any show ideas, isn't for us. It's for you all. This is a ministry to get you all free. This is true. So let us know what you want to talk about. Please flood our inboxes, our DMs, whatever. Love it. So that wraps up today's episode. Yes, with Dr. Carly and Issa. Oh my God! <laughs> this is so exciting. <laughs> Millions more, as she said, yes. to come. I love it. I love it. And I do too. All right, guys. So this is Nicolia and Jess signing, signing out. out. Become she, become free. Shout out to that. <laughs>